You're listening to You're United listening. Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. ProQ Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. I'm Dan and I'm here with my co-host Ben. Hello. And on this week's show, we have Michael Wilcox from Badass Barbecue. How, Michael? Are you all right? Yeah, good. Thank you. Not too bad. How's things? Yeah, really good. Thanks for coming on the show. It's awesome to get another top team from Australia on the show. Yeah, not a problem. Right. So do you want to just start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself and about Badass Barbecue? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess it was probably around about 2014 um, here in Sydney, Australia. We started competing. Um, The competition scene here in Australia is quite young compared to sort of other markets like you guys over there in, in the UK and Europe and obviously USA, where it is very developed. Um, and in 2014, barbecue competitions for us Aussies um, was more or less backyard mates between mates um, sort of events. And I must admit it was more about, you know, how much you could drink rather than what you could cook back yeah, then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was heaps of fun, very social. Um, fast forward a couple of years, uh, 2018, they're expecting to have somewhere around 40 barbecue competitions in our country alone. Awesome. Um, about half that many, I think, in, in New Zealand. And um, I think there's around 300 teams running around the, the country competing. So um, all the way from probably your, your top 20 or 30 who are very serious, semi-professional, sponsored even, um, right back to um, beginner teams and mates who just want to go out there and have a cook and get into the barbecue scene. So we've, we've been through the whole um, growth of, of barbecue events in Australia. It's been amazing. We've had the opportunity to compete over in America at the Jack, which was an amazing experience. Um, we, we finished up around middle of the field, which we were really happy with. And um, Yeah, so this year, 2018, um, we're out there to defend you know, the GCs that we've won over the last few years. But also, we want to do more sort of ambassador work around masterclasses, teaching people how to cook, um, helping those younger teams come through and and um, learn about how we've developed and show them the things that we've done wrong, the expensive meat we've wasted over the years, yeah. cooking bad barbecue, <laughs> want to show people how to do it, do it the right way, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's so much stuff to unpick from what you just said there. So what for you guys as a team, like how did you first come together and form the team? Look, that's a good question. Um, early on, my, my grandfather ran uh, a barbecue store. So barbecue's been in my blood for a long time. Always had cool barbecues, you know. Pop had a 
a barbecue shop. So we always had the, the cool solid fuel barbecues. Because if you look back to Australia over the years, everyone knows Australia as barbecuers. Um, throw a shrimp on the barbie, I think Paul Hogan said. <laughs> yeah. Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> to be honest, just a sideline note, I don't know anyone who does that too frequently. People do it, but not as much as people think. Um, but we had a real, um, uh, I guess, upbringing on gas barbecues and grilling, so hot and fast. So solid fuel wasn't really the done thing like it is in America or it is in Europe or the UK. But in recent times, people are starting to shift. Um, we have a, a long list of barbecue um, manufacturers over, overseas who are now bringing solid fuel barbecues into the Australian market, um, and that's obviously a big part of competition. We don't compete on gas uh, all that often. So um, it's starting to really take off. So we were early adopters, all three of us. So you've got myself, Michael, Michael Rose, and Mitch. Mitch, Michael, and Michael, uh, but everyone just calls Mitch Michael anyway. Um, but no, we've got we've got a really good team where Mitch is a chef, and Michael Rose and I have been cooking over solid fuel for a long time. Um, Michael Rose is an excellent cook, so that combination of you know uh, experience on the barbecue plus chefing it up a little bit has meant we've got a really good. Um, good team together and that's why I've seen a lot of success which is great yeah so do you think having the like a professional chef on your team's giving you like an upper hand when it comes to competing look I think so um we've we've got a different sort of scoring system um well I say different it's it's a little bit um different we've got the same um process I guess we've got uh the ABA, it's called, sorry, the Australasian Barbecue Alliance, which sanctions most of the events in Australia. It is, so I guess, similar to what the KCBS guys do, but um, taste is obviously weighted a lot higher um, than the other scores. So if it tastes good, you'll, you'll do well. Um, chef knowledge and, you know, that, that can help, I think, but definitely there's, you know, home cooks that beat us all the time. And um, I think that's one of the great things about barbecue. You're there to please judges. Every judge is different, so... Um, Chefing something up might not necessarily be the best thing. Um, if you've got a good bush cook, some people like the way that their nana's roast tasted. If your barbecue tastes similar to that, you could do you know better than something's been you know refined and chefed up. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So where where do you think like, the Australian barbecue scene's kind of going next in like terms of like how's it is it still going to keep growing? Do you think or um, and on the on the other side to that is like cuts wise, are you stick into the kind of the same cuts you've always done or are you trying to go more Australian-based style or are you still sticking with the mainstream style? Oh, look, yeah, good question. Lamb, we cook lamb here. Uh, it's not a done cut um, that much in other markets, particularly the US. They don't eat a lot of lamb. No. Um, we, we, we try and assure we've got a seafood category. We've got um, chef choice category, which can be, you know, all sorts of things. Uh, we even cook a hump off a cow, the Brahmin hump. Uh, there's a category for that in one of the competitions in Queensland. So we do. We put our own spin on it. and We've certainly put our own flavours on it. Um, a lot of teams will import sauces and rubs from America and go the full, you know, perhaps Texas style or, you know, American style if you like. But then there's other teams that like to Australianise stuff. When you're talking to Australian judges, you need to think about that. What does the Aussie bloke like? And um, is it as sweet as American? Probably not. Maybe a bit more savoury. And is it as spicy as American? Probably more spicy. So, you know, the, the good teams are sort of taking that into consideration. Definitely. As so, far as... Um, I guess you've, yeah, you've kind of experienced that because of going over to the Jack, you've got to see 
actually what the judges were like when you went to the US to see the difference there as well. Yeah, definitely. We cooked our probably one of our better cooks at the Jack, but sort of landed middle of the field. We didn't have a great cook on chicken, I must say, but um, you know, we we're cooking out of a suitcase and anyone yeah. who's done that knows how hard it is. Yeah. Although the most amazing support from the teams around us and, and the people um, we were lucky enough to stay with um, people will know Byron um, Chisholm, Byron's mm-hmm. butt rub. He, he put us up at his ranch um, with some of the other international teams and we got to, you know, hang with them, learn what, you know, how they were navigating, competing at the Jack. And um, that was really helpful. But um, just back to your, your question earlier yeah. on mm. Australia, we're at the start of 2018. So all the teams are sitting down going through the, 40-odd competitions there are here in Australia, plus all the international ones we've got the opportunity to compete at, such as New Zealand and, and in the States. We're all going far out. There's a lot of competitions now. No team could do all of them. So you've got to pick your battles. And um, one of the things that I think people are taking into consideration, obviously driving from Sydney to Perth takes a couple of days, so not likely that we'll compete in Perth, although we'd love to. Mm. Um, people are sort of you know, having to weigh out their options. I'd love to do all of them. We've all got full-time jobs, yeah. and we're we're one of the lucky teams to have a little bit of sponsorship through product and, and and a little bit of money. But still, it still costs us money. Every competition costs us something. So, you know, we can't compete at all of them. Is that going to grow more? I think it will, but I think teams are starting to compete less um, and pick their battles and really focus in on perhaps there's a, a series called Meat Stop, a franchise called Meat Stop, <laughs> which is a meat and music festival. They do three competitions throughout the year. We'd like to compete at all three of those because we like that event and we like the, the promoters and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And we, you know, that's that's the first sort of on our list. And then there's a few local ones that we'd like to do. So, um, is it going to grow? I think there's going to be more competitions and more teams, but I think the teams are going to compete less because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's just too many now. Um, are we chasing prize money? I wish I could say that people are making money out of barbecue, but they're just not. We uh, we don't have huge prize pools here in Australia, so. Um, you know, to go out there and try and win for money, it's just not going to happen. So um, I'd say to the newer teams, I'd, I'd go and find some sponsorship, however you can. Yeah. Your father-in-law's business, whatever it is, that's that's where you can make it a little bit more cost-effective. So what what's, what are you looking at at prizes at competitions? What's the typical prize you'd be expected to win if you got the grand champion? GC. Look, if you picked up a couple of calories in GC, you could, could walk away with a couple of grand. When I say a couple of grand, two or three grand, um, but that could be cash and prizes. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny, we joke about it all the time. We won a KCBS event in Sydney, um, which was our first probably big win, and that was what got us the, into the ballot for the jack, which we won and we got in. Um, we won a Yoda. You know, not discounting oh, yeah. the Yoda's, they're great barbecues. Mm. We already have one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no one needs two. No. So it was sort of like, oh, what are we going to do? Um, so there's those sort of things, you know, you, the prizes, whilst great for some teams, if they didn't have a Yoda, they'd be over the moon, but we did, um, you know, giving, giving barbecues out as prizes with, for some teams that have everything, um, you know, we would have probably preferred cash in that instance, but, um, yeah. still, we, but we ended can, up being You can exchange, that, you can exchange that for cash. <laughs> we did, we did, so, yeah. 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 Awesome. So um, what sort of kit are you cooking on? So actually, we're in between at the moment. We we did have a, a Yoda for a long time, YS uh, fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was you know a pellet cooker, which uh, on the Australian scene gets a little bit of curry. I think it does everywhere. When I say curry, 
teams used to give us a little bit of stick because we were on the easy bake. Yeah. But um, we've been competing a lot over the last three years and we've, we've worked it out that a lot of um, your score comes off the chopping board. So we focus on that a lot more than our overnight cook in the sense that we'd like to get some sleep, uh, particularly Mitch, try and get Mitch some sleep so that when he's plating up, He's as fresh as a daisy because that, that can be a lot of your points is in that last sort of seasoning and, and, and plating up and boxing up. So um, we've sold the Yoda because it's just a little bit too big for what we're doing. We're doing a lot more travel. Um, and believe it or not, we're all, we're all cooking on Kamados at the moment, Kamado Joe. Yeah. Um, not really a competition cooker, but that's one of the, the barbecues we like and we've all got at home. Yeah. Um, so for Melbourne meat stock, that's what we're cooking on. We're going to cook on couple of Kamado Joes um, and that, you know, we'll see how we go. Try our luck on that. Um, I think Mitch is talking about a few different configurations for, for the bigger comps. Um, we'll probably get a pellet again, maybe maybe a Traeger or a GMG, yeah. something just a little bit smaller than the Yoda. Um, the Yoda's been great. You know, if you can afford one, they're, they're fantastic cookers. Yeah. You, like you said, it's, it's funny the kind of stigmatism that's attached to using that type of device because it's, it's, the food is judged on taste and appearance and texture and it's never judged on whether you stayed up all night tender in the fire is it <laughs> well and I, think, I, I do think look, <laughs> i do think that's probably the way a lot of people view it um particularly guys burning sticks at competitions um you know if, if you put a log yeah. on every half an hour you gotta put a log on every half an hour points um, for effort come on <laughs> yeah points for effort um look i'm a bit of a fire bug at heart i, I can see the, the satisfaction you get out of it um mm. But, yeah, as I said, we've, we've, we've done a lot of Ks. We've done a lot of competitions. Anything to make it easier for us, um, that's what we go for. And um, we've had a lot of success on a pellet grill, so I don't think it's any any different to, to an offset for, for outcomes at competitions, yeah. we can see. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, there's stigmatism on the pellets. There's one we have here. I don't know if you guys get it. Uh, you guys are on Fahrenheit over there, aren't you? Um, we're on Celsius in Australia. So... We're Ooh, we're on it? we're on both we're, uh, <laughs> we're on both we're on we Celsius really but for the sense like for barbecue wise nearly everyone talks in Fahrenheit just because of Correct. the kind of barbecue scene from America and everyone's looks at the recipes and gets ideas from there and just kind of translates it to that. Well, most people don't translate. No. Um, most people don't translate uh, across, and there's a massive argument. New people to the scene are like, why are you guys talking in Fahrenheit? Yeah. We don't understand. Because yeah. when we started, the barbecues only had Fahrenheit on them. And yeah. a lot of people out there think it tastes better if you cook on Celsius. Really? Go away, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, much better flavour comes from Celsius. Yeah, it? oh, absolutely. It's more no traditional. <laughs> yes. It's a lot more authentic flavour, I think. Far out. Yeah, the amount of um, <laughs> Facebook threads I've had to skim over. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I like to. It's nice hearing that you're cooking on the Kamado Joe because, like, our podcast is we're sponsored by Kamado Joe and Pro Q. They're our two main sponsors for the podcast, and we yeah. Dan and I both cook regularly on both, and we do. We're like the demo chefs for the UK, so we go around. We do training on the Kamado Joe for people and like, show off how to use it and. It's it's very in the UK. Kamado Joe is very popular for home cooks, but it's not so popular on the competition scene. And I think it's always been just really down to the transportation of it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like I haven't moved mine off my balcony at home 
um, and don't plan to. I, I, I do think that as far as I mean, you guys over there in the UK having uh, the weather you do, yeah. I think um, they're a great option. We can leave ours out in the rain. So you get yours to 250 degrees Fahrenheit, it'll sit there. That's 130, oh, 121 <laughs> degrees uh, for those people playing at home. But yeah. I, think, I do think that those sort of cookers are um, – you know, lifetime investments um, as far as insulation, efficiency, fuel use, um, versatility, you know, those deflector plates and that sort of thing. It's 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 pretty cool stuff. And yeah, um, yeah as I said, we've all three of us have got one. That's what yeah. we've ended up with, and we we think they're the Ferrari of, of low and slow barbecues, in our opinion. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you. It's it's um, like you say, the transportation is the problem, and there's many other um kamado cookers out there ceramic and they're all very similar but they're like the difference with the kamado j for me when when we were first looking at them it was like like people now just say well you're sponsored by them therefore you're going to promote them but there was a time where i wasn't and i got one and I, that's why i like it so much is from the beginning well i, I did get the one kamado before Joes, happened. <laughs> yeah the, the kamado joe's let me say this um, we've been cooking on them for quite a while now and um, we're, we're putting that much faith in them. Yes, we've got, a, we've got a commercial arrangement with the retailer that brings them into Australia, but um, we're putting that much faith in them that we're going to a competition in Melbourne and we're going to compete on them um, exclusively. We're not going to have anything else there and try our luck. Look, um, we're cooking out of a suitcase, so um, take that into consideration, but I hope we do well. I'd love to see us grab a, a, a trophy and it's just a little one. That'd be amazing. So. Oh, yeah. That's the that's it. That's that's the faith we put in those cookers and um, the people who make that particular brand, Kamado Joe, Bobby Brennan and his yeah. um, he's the culinary architect or whatever they call him, um, Chef Eric, who is, is yeah. amazing. He mm-hmm. plays him like a piano. I've seen him cook on four at once. It's just incredible to watch. Um, have you had those guys on on the show before in the past? Yeah, yeah. Eric's been on. We haven't had Bobby on yet, but Eric's been on. Yeah. Mate, they're good people. Yeah. They've looked after us. When we were in the States, they helped us out with cookers and stuff, you know. Um, the, the innovation that's going into these units, um, and I'm sure all the other brands are too, but, you know, just little little improvements every time. They, each year they've sort of come out with new ways to yeah. make them better. I think that's that's really good. You've got a lot on the market that are, this is the barbecue as it looked in 2000, and that's how it is in 2018. So yeah. by way yeah. of innovation is doing the barbecue is, is really good as well i think yeah like you said uh, like the innovation is the key features i don't want us to turn into a Kamado joe sales pitch but but the uh the, the reality is that i don't think other brands are doing these things and actually that is the thing that sets them apart from others is the fact that they're developing new hoods to go on the top they've developed a new gasket to go in they've got the divide and conquer system which is adding new features to it all the time like they they really are changing the game for the Kamado cooker yeah exactly um and keep an eye out for us uh, meat stock in melbourne in march that'll be um our next big event uh i guess and we'll be cooking exclusively on the the kj's uh, awesome. yeah see how yeah, we go can't wait to see you yeah good luck i'm sure you're going to do awesome with it <laughs> type so <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned as well that you guys are going to start doing more of the kind of barbecue classes type thing. Have you have you done any of those already, or is that something new that you're going to start doing? Yeah, we actually we did um, we did about twelve last year at the end of last year. Um, 
it was Australia's first national barbecue masterclass, if you like. So um, specifically on introduction to low and slow, they were small format classes, around 35 people. Um, we went right around the country. It was really cool. It was great to meet all these new people who were getting into it. They sold out really quickly. Um, and I think that's less about um, us being the hosts of the class and the teachers and more about people just genuinely interested in low and slow. Um, and we, we, we started um, going around. We didn't run a barbecue retailer called Barbecue School. They are uh, nice enough to let us use their stores after hours. Um, and I, I must say, when you once again cooking out of a suitcase, there's no better place to do it than a barbecue shop. You need something that's there. Yeah, <laughs> And look, real simple, we, we talk about the different types of cookers on the market and sort of give people suggestions on what, what they should be buying. Um, a little bit about the accessories, because as you know, you need an instant reef monitor and you need foil trays and good foil. And it's little things you need people don't think about. And then went on to some recipes and we did some, you know, we did five proteins and just showed them in quick succession. We obviously do the cook during the day and then, then show them through the process at night. And um, people are getting a lot of value out of it. Um, so we've got 14 planned this year before June, um, wow. again nationally. Yeah. And then we're going to change the flag. Look, it's been a little bit tiring for us because we've, we've had to travel on our weekends but um, and then compete in between that as well. But showing people how to – showing people a new skill, whether it's – you know, I can see why school teachers are school teachers. You know, you get such a buzz out of showing someone a new technical skill, even if they have, you know, fired up a, a – Yoda smoker before and cook something, they still pick things up that we yeah. show them. And that's what's great about barbecue. It's your own spin on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome. So wait, are you you kind of you giving away how you do competition barbecue or is this is this more is it just the kind of general of how you're using barbecue or are you actually giving away all your secrets? We're yeah. talking about doing a competition class. I know Mitch is really keen on doing that. Um uh, we just haven't worked out when we're going to do it. Now, the, the the thing we're doing at Barbecue School or the National Masterclass Series, that's more of a an intro. So throughout the years of us competing, um, we've learned a little bit about um, how, uh, how would I say, uh, cooks that don't, you can't muck up. So I, I mentioned earlier um, we, we'd go out and buy a you know, beautiful brisket, $130. It's not cheap. And you know, you'd muck it up. And some days we still do, but I think to show people how to cook things and you know, you got your best chance, almost impossible to stuff up. Um, that's real value because then they don't lose interest. They're not putting their barbecue out on the street, going, "I don't want to do this anymore." So it's um, a lot of wrapping techniques and that sort of thing. But it, it it definitely helps people get started. And then if they want to go and get an offset and try their hand at you know, doing a, a brisket un, unassisted by liquid or foil. Be our guest, but uh, I suggest don't start out like that, or you'll be probably disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's it, if we if, give us like one category? So, if we go for like brisket, like give me like a kind of rough, rough process that you would go through for your competition brisket. If, if you wouldn't mind, I'll do um, I'll do lamb shoulder. Yeah, tell you why, that, yeah. The, the natural dish. And look, it, the, the process is fairly similar for for brisket. I must admit, but um, if I was doing a lamb shoulder. This is in our class, oyster cut, um, so cage off. You've got the, the fat cap over the top, which you'd sort of take a fair bit of that off, um, perhaps not all of it. And the reason we do that is lamb fat tends to be quite pungent. And some people don't like the gaminess of, of lamb. Mm-hmm. And then we'll give it a spice rub with a rub that's a little bit herbaceous, so a few spices in it. 
Um, and then we, we smoke that at 275 degrees Fahrenheit, just a little bit hotter. And that gets smoked for, for about four hours. And then we wrap. Now, this is part of the you know, technique where it, which speeds up the process, obviously. I think everyone out there will, will understand that. But also then what we get is we can add some more flavour. So we get that lamb shoulder off, we wrap it, and we put in some extra flavour. Now, I ask everyone in my class, what goes with lamb? Everyone goes, garlic. Of course it does. So some garlic cloves go in there, some rosemary goes in there, a bit of salt, and we put some butter in there as well. So we wrap that up, back on the smoker. It usually takes about two more hours, mm -hmm. 275 degrees Fahrenheit. Unwrap it, you've got pulled lamb. Nice. All that garlic's broken down, the flavour from the rosemary, the butter's made a bit of a jus. You fold that through, and that, that is by far the favourite in our classes. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So is that in, in like competition, when because I know lamb is a category, but I wasn't sure like how lamb was served up in the category. Is it is that what you would be doing in a competition, or could people just turn in any sort of lamb? Two, two, two lamb categories, basically. Some competitions are refined lamb, where it's actually specific cuts yeah. um, and then there's open which is some people put lamb ribs some people put pulled some people put cutlets mm -hmm. or rack yeah um, some people put all three in the box yeah uh, so yeah there's two different types each competition is different but, but oh, I'd say more than half the competitions in Australia have the lamb category yeah um, yeah popular here we eat a lot of lamb and um, some people say it's a national dish yeah yeah definitely it's a, it is a popular dish in the UK, but it's obviously competitions in the UK are a lot sparser than they are over there, and yes. the majority now are starting to be KCBS, and KCBS doesn't allow for lamb to be like one of the categories Correct. currently. Um, so we uh, our, we organise a competition called Q Fest, and our competition we do a two day competition, and the first day is all our own like ancillary rounds so we can decide so we do have lamb on a, on one of our categories but it doesn't count in the KCBS rounds. Sure and that's yeah we've got similar things here we've got non-GC categories like um, Chef's Choice and Seafood yeah. sometimes doesn't count towards GC but um, a dessert category as well sometimes oh, yeah. um, but I would say that you know KCBS is very um, yeah they've got a system that is globally renowned and it, you know, these are the categories, this is the point system, and this is your way into some of the biggest competitions in the States. Yeah. So that's fair enough. The ADA, the Australasian and Barbecue Alliance, which sanctions almost all the competitions in Australia, they've got a, you know, a little bit more fluid, you know, let's try some of the Australian flavours, let's try a few things different. So in the, with the lamb, when you're putting a rub on, are you using like commercial rubs or is these rubs that you're making yourself? Yeah, we use, we use a lot of um, commercial rubs. Um, uh, we've we've been working with Oak Ridge in the past. Mm -hmm. um, we've been working with um, Luton Booty Sterling out of out of uh, America. We've also been working with a few of the other ones. I mean, our favourite rub of all time, Plowboy's Yardbird out of America. We compete with it. it gets a run in just about every category. It's it's really good. Everyone loves it, um, particularly the Australian palate. So we've we've found that that's been quite successful for us. So I'd say. Do we make our own rubs from scratch? We used to. We used to spend a lot of time on it. But the American stuff, the grain size, the the, the ingredients they use uh, tend to be you know, far better than what we have access to. So, um, and and there are teams in Australia who have made their own rubs. Yeah. Quite a few. 
and they're quite good because they're Australian eyes. So they've got you know, people got a lamb rather than that sort of thing that you know, works for lamb. Um, uh, the tree bark out of Victoria, a lot of the teams use that because it's you know it's got a very Australianized flavour to it. Um, we've made injections. We made what we understand is the world's first lamb injection. Cool. Um, so that's cool. A lot of teams getting some some good results with that. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I think everyone loves about barbecue. It's what you make it. And if you like using store bought, go for it. If you love labouring over making your own and your own personal flavour profile that you love, for sure you've got to do it. So yeah, no, that's great. Awesome. Yeah, like you said, I think. I think when you when you're at home making your own rubs is really cool, but when it comes to competition, being able to replicate the same thing every time is probably going to be quite difficult. Um, quite difficult, you know, yeah. And yeah. I think, um, <laughs> once again, you want to rely on a product that works and that has you know consistency, grain size, that sort of thing. That's what you get with the storeboard stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, what's what's next for Badass Barbecue? Um, I'm off to Auckland in a couple of weeks. I'm doing some demonstrations in Auckland at Meatstock. Um, got a couple of classes in Adelaide in the next three weeks. Then we do Meatstock Melbourne. Um, look, yeah, we're going to pare back the competitions just a little bit. You know, um, we went, went pretty hard last year, um, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but I think we're probably going to spend more time doing classes and educating people. Um, We'd love to come over and compete over there. We've, we've done America, and um, great experience, but we'd probably like to get over to Europe, um, which we're actually in talks with at the moment. So hopefully we can get over there and compete in one of the competitions, perhaps in the UK. Would you say awesome. it was? Q-Fest. Q-Fest, yeah, look it Q-fest. up. We're, um, it's, in, uh, it's on the 16th and 17th of June. Yes. So not okay. very far away. Summer. <laughs> It's yes. summer. It's basically pretty much the first weekend of the summer this year, so we're, we're launching the summer in style. <laughs> All right, I'll bring I'll bring my ski jacket anyway. Yeah, yeah, you better <laughs> do just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, awesome. So, just before you go, could you just let everyone know where they can find you on like website, social media, Facebook, all the rest of it? Yeah, we're badass barbecues. B a d a w s b b q. Um, badassbarbecue.com.au and we're on Instagram uh, badassbarbecueaus I think someone beat us to that name um, badassbarbecueaus on Instagram and um, look I'd encourage people if if, uh, if they'd like to learn more about how we cook our lamb or in a classes or anything like that I'd encourage them to ask a message we're more than happy to help um, shoot us a message on Facebook or anything like that but um, we'll come up to us at a, an event if they see us um, love talking to people and spreading the good word Awesome. Well, thanks for giving up your time. Uh, let you get no on with your nice all. sunny day, and I'll go to sunny bed in my cold, freezing, yeah. freezing cold, <laughs> snowy England. <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. No, great, great to talk. Yeah, thanks a lot. All the best. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye. You're listening to your United Q podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. 
Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. Whether it's smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, you can find them at smokewoodshack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack.com. 